I drove her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All natural. Yeah, I like to I like to just ease into it, you know. It's like a sure it's like a taking off a band-aid, you know. You just get the little yeah. corner and you rip it off. Oh my. Okay. That, I guess that's not easing into it at that all. That isn't easing. That's your new catchphrase. We're here to rip it off, folks. <laughs> and rip another off, episode everybody. of Rip It Off. Oh yeah. Welcome back to the Rip It Off podcast. Yes. Oh my gosh. That could be too many things. It is. What's up, you guys? <laughs> Welcome to the hypothetical comedy podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Brian Bargainer. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. I'm so excited. I'm in my nice, comfy Danny Bazongas hoodie. I know this is audio, but I want to make sure I paint the picture. Does <laughs> my audio, it sounds crisp and stuff. I didn't even do yeah. a mic check. We just started hanging out immediately, which no, is what I love. Good. So. If you didn't sound good, I would complain to you. So oh, yeah. yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. sound good, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. It's early for you guys. You guys are doing the, the morning thing, huh? Yeah, it's pretty early, you know, AM, but that's how we like to we like to roll. Yeah, I've already uh smoked a few bowls of breakfast, but yeah, I've basically been doing the same thing. The Super Bowls today. I'm sure you don't put it out same day, but no, you guys like, for anyone in particular, you want to make so, any bold predictions? You know, I'm hoping that somehow both teams end up losing. I don't know how that's <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but uh I, I just have a bone to pick with both teams and for different reasons. <laughs> they both <have> negative right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always feel like the loser after I watch it, but you know, <laughs> I have to root for the Chiefs, I feel like, because it's a regional thing. Nebraska seems to just kind of love Kansas City because they're the closest thing to a good football team around here. Go Cornhuskers. Hell yeah. But, you know. Well, they spanked, it, they spanked the 49ers in the Super Bowl recently. Yeah. So we don't need that. To, that Super Bowl where the 49ers did go to the Super Bowl, I remember the beginning of that year because that was one of my last years doing fantasy football. I said the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl this year and people laughed at me. <laughs> I was also high as fuck when I said it and I had nothing to back it up except intuition, but I was right. <laughs> Hell Big yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Every and every year people laugh at me for saying it. Yeah. Hey, one year you'll be right though, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. It may take 20 more. That's all you got to do. You just keep saying it. Uh, do you yeah. know who, do you know who David Lucas is? He's is like he? a, no, he's like a, I don't know if he's famous. He's like a, we know him from Kill Tony. He's a roast comic. He's kind of a, you know, a bigger name roast comic. Anyway, okay. uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, he apparently filmed, uh, the roast of Mr. Peanut Super Bowl commercial. Interesting. Yeah, so I that's saw, gonna be in this Super Bowl. Yeah, and Jeff Ross is gonna oh, be the roast cool. master. So that's the yeah. one thing I'm kind of looking forward to. About I don't know if I'm gonna watch it, but I really want to see that commercial. How long can they roast Mr. Peanut for? Like you kill millions of school children every year. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and <it's>, oh shit! <laughs> cuts back to oh Patrick God. Mahomes fumbling. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that, but uh, that's yeah, not Super Bowl that'd be pretty cool. You're not sponsored by Big Peanut, right? No, no, I'm <laughs> you're not, not going to lose any endorsements. Do we have to do reads later, like guys. Brian was just kidding. <laughs> Peanuts have never killed anyone. <laughs> Peanuts are actually part of the four basic food groups. So. Yeah, it's actually the oh. base of the pyramid. So, Is everything uh, fried in peanut oil? So Brian, uh, you you've been in Nebraska for what a little over a year? Yeah, unfortunately. How's Nebraska treating you? 
poorly? No. Nebraska is what it is. Uh, I mean, I've complained about it on any place that has asked me, but I will say the wind is terrible. I hate it. Uh, I'm from Connecticut. I've always been from Connecticut. Uh, I've toured a lot, uh, and stuff like that. So I've like been to like a million different states, but now that I live in Nebraska, it was very different. People thought it was going to be like me living in this like country life, but that's mostly what like living in Connecticut was like for me. Now I'm in like (laughs) Lincoln, which is in the middle of becoming like gentrified Austin. So it's actually popping now. And with the Cornhuskers always doing shit, that stadium seats like 90,000 people. It's never empty. So it's kind of fucking nuts. So I'm kind of, it, it was the opposite experience, but, um, yeah, comedy here is light. As they would say, it's not, it's not as popping. There's not as many comedians. I mean, even though I'm in a bigger city, quote, bigger market, let's say, um, there's just not, even if there's like bars and stuff, there's just not enough, um, people doing it to go around. So there's not as much. So it's like, I took a break from it recently, but I'm now I've been doing it again. I've been getting shows again and stuff, but I mean, I've been doing comedy 14 years and a break for me is taking a month off and I went insane. Like, <laughs> what, what, I'm not talk about my dick to strangers every day. This is crazy. Um, so that was interesting, but living here and then doing that on top of it really made me, um, like the first time I did do comedy again, I didn't need <laughs> to look at my set. I knew what I was going to do. I was, I, you know, I, took it more seriously, I guess, because my stage time is so scarce at that point where even if I want to go out, it's like, I literally have three open mics in a week to choose from. And that's like, if I want to go do an open mic. So let's say I don't sit home and watch TV all night. I decide I want to go outside and be vulnerable and sad (laughs) and potentially ruin this good time. You know, I'll go do an open mic, but you know, there are some showcases and I mean some with like a huge underline under it, but it's just not as frequent. If I want to do shows, I got to leave the state and like, you know, Kansas city, there's like a three hour triangle basically, which sounds insane. And it kind of is, but you can hit a lot of major markets in that triangle and Lincoln itself is a good market and stuff. There's just a lot of big acts come through Nebraska, but, but they're not like based there. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course. Why would you? (laughs) (laughs) Coming from the guy that is based there, why would you? (laughs) Well, I lived in Hartford, and that was super advantageous because I was the halfway point between New York City and Boston, so I could go between there uh, 90 minutes, you know, each one. That was dope, and it's a good starting off point to go do the south, like the southeast, and then go into what I thought was the Midwest. Now I'm in the Midwest, so I have that little bit of a different route and stuff, but it's ultimately the same, you know, because now I'm the halfway point between Chicago and Denver. That's where Lincoln is. Okay. Well, but it's eight hours, eight hours, <laughs> instead of uh, 90 eight minutes, hours, 90 well, minutes. Insane. I've gone to Chicago a few times, and that's fun. Um the thing is, too, that triangle is very uh, important to me, too, because let's say certain things are recreational outside of that triangle, not <laughs> recreational inside that triangle. Weed is fucking super illegal still in Nebraska. It sucks ass. And I did not know that when I moved here. Damn! <laughs> That's the oh, first thing. That was- 
Look and it was illegal, but I didn't know it was like super illegal. Like oh, wow. we had to Google Earth everything, kind of looked around before we moved there, the wife and I. And uh, I saw dispensaries everywhere, but it's all this like Delta 8, Delta 11 fucking fake shit. Whoa. So I'm like, oh, oh like- no, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Wait, is Delta 8, Delta, is that like Spice? No, that's what I thought too. Like K two or whatever. No, it's something even stupider. They make stupider. I call it Republican weed, but basically it's like <laughs> all that shit is like they they like make a synthetic THC out of like some CBD derivative, and they're all these like technicality. Like Nebraska loves its loopholes when it comes to guns, <laughs> weed, abortion, whatever the fuck it needs. Uh, getting senators in seats that they don't deserve, you know, all that th- nepotism, uh, everything. <laughs> they love their loopholes. That's what people. They, okay, they love bureaucracy here in Nebraska. I've come to notice that. Not that they didn't love it in Connecticut too. They're just a little more cowboy hatish about it. If you catch my drift. <laughs> There we go. So I'm good. How are you? Oh, man. We're doing really good. We're doing really good. Just How sure. is California? Uh, it's you said it was cold really... in your apartment, and I said it was cold in my apartment. Let's play what? How cold is it outside for you right now? Oh, uh, don't probably, look. You're going to call it's us probably, It's probably not that cold, to say the truth. I'm not she one of those insane people. It's 48 degrees outside right now. So oh, with the wind, it's probably you? like it's negative 50, 15 it's here. It's 56 for us. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. See, I went to Vegas in January. That's kind of close-ish to you guys. The furthest west yeah. I've ever been. And um, it was nice to be like, this is y'all's winter, and I was outside in a hoodie. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be like, there's psychos out here. There's people outside in negative 50 degrees in shorts, basketball shorts. I don't know. That's I come from New England where yeah, they have those psychos that go you know, scrape their car off with no jacket on. And they were like, I'm not that kind of cold. And I get that. That's like 10 minutes of psychosis. But these people are naked in a snowstorm, and I don't think they care. Wow. Well, they, they <laughs> My friend from South Dakota there, here, he doesn't super- wear, like, jackets ever. He's he, he's sweating in a <laughs> flannel shirt. I'm like, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> wouldn't, you, you, wouldn't you be used to that, though, Grandpa Connecticut? It's different. It's the wind, bro. It oh. Connecticut's super humid and so like let's let's go with natural disasters. I think that helps explain the weather a little bit better. Connecticut had to deal with like hurricanes a bunch. Oh, uh shit like that. Uh the ocean. I miss the ocean. I'm in the most landlocked state, which yeah. fucking sucks. Uh we have lakes. They're stupid. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh. It's the beach. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Just the beach across the street from fucking Taco John's. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's not Taco Bell. I'll say that. Um, just kidding. They, they're very nice people at Taco John's. They sponsor the show now. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's mad different. So there's hurricanes over in Connecticut. Now I like live in Tornado Valley. Oh my God. You no. Know? Wow. I've never seen a tornado because you, there's like a Lincoln's in, I don't know, someone explained it to me, but they were drunk and I didn't care enough, but it's in a divot. So it, it kind of escapes it, but there's sirens around the city. They go off. They've gone off oh, twice. That's since so lived scary. Here. One time ham, my wife and I were separated. She was at an open mic and I was not. Cause I, for some reason was like, I don't feel like being sad tonight. 
And ironically, the place is called the Storm Cellar. And, uh, yeah, we were like separated and they started going off. She was just, she had to just go in the basement with a bunch of open micers. I'm like, that's almost worse than an open mic somehow. <laughs> just everyone's like hoveling for like warmth. There's like one candle lit and someone's like, all right, but I really want to try this new dick joke real quick. Right? Like, dude, I mean, they have nothing but time at that point. They might, you're right? Like, are we still going to at least like, they're holding right. the mic because they don't know how to just not have anything in their hands. <laughs> in down with, you have a flashlight? No, I have a microphone, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. That would be fucking nice. That's really. insane. Well, I'm glad that she's okay because that's, that's not a fun way to die. No, I, I mean, no one wants to die at an open mic, I think. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's That's fun. It's not really that fun, but it's scary. That That's scary. cool. So let's talk about Connecticut, man. What was it like for you growing up in Connecticut? Growing up in Connecticut. Um I don't fucking even know how to answer that. I don't it seemed pretty boring. Like I was a normal, just dumb fucking whatever. Uh growing up, I was I wore uh, Dallas Cowboy shirts just like everyone else in the 90s. Uh, I didn't know any better. I had a starter jacket. Uh, I had a Walkman. I had a Game Boy Pocket. I still have my Game Boy Pocket. But that's neither here nor I still have my Super Nintendo. That's neither here nor there. Oh, you gave me a little uh, tour of your video game chest. I remember time. that, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, so cool. that was me as a child. I loved, I loved video games like those video games. I still only like archaic video games, basically. That would be my thing is I would get my allowance, which was five dollars because, you know, whatever. I'm rich as fuck. And I would go to the stop and shop, which is a grocery store if you can't make an inference. But that's the local chain. And I would buy, yes, buy a video game at the grocery store. Oh, wow. At the grocery you store. Could, you could even rent them for five dollars and then I would like rent every video game. And then if I liked it, I would buy it. So unfortunately, I have a huge collection of games, but I bought them all when I was a child. So I thought, you know. You know, Bugs Bunny was gonna be a smashing hit, and but now I'm 34. Like this, this game, I could smash this probably and not give a fuck. But I, I don't know. I liked all that shit, but then I don't know. I was a teenager. I started skateboarding and just breaking things, and that was fun for like a few years. Then I started doing drugs, and then I stopped breaking things. You know, when you were like That's like good. 12, 13, and you're like, "What if I threw a rock at this?" Yeah. And then it smashes, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And then you and your friends run away, and then someone, then you're like 15. Someone's like, "Let's try pot," and you're like, "Okay, thank God." I'm <laughs> and that kind of bounced you out yeah. right? <laughs> i mean i smoked when i was 12 but that doesn't matter that seems that seems super young saying it out loud i smoked weed out of a coupon for the first time we rolled it <laughs> in a coupon stole, like, stole weed. Used, like a like a coupon paper for the like a paper yeah, so That's like when I was 12, we stole weed from my friend's older sister and we smoked it. They were 13, I was 12. I was in a punk band called the Pyro Pumps with an X. This is, you're getting the whole Connecticut transcript <laughs> yeah. transcription no, now. So it's like Pyro Pumps with an X, smoke weed. It's terrible. I don't know what it is. I maybe try it one other time and then I don't do it. And then we're all 15 and then I smoked weed like again. <laughs> We, you know how we had a friend that just lived across the street from the high school. So like he just became the coolest kid ever. Literally, we we're like, we just go to Mike's house during school, after school. So I, I smoked weed there once. They started going there and I was actually like, you guys are lame. I saw you guys smoking weed at the Berlin Fair last month. That was fucking lame. Like I was one of those kids, like, you know, 
I drank, but that was it because I'm an alcoholic. But whatever. Either way, <laughs> so I fucking um they were like smoke weed with us once and i was like okay and i went over there i'm easily convinced i had marching band practice i was a dork uh so i smoked weed one time before march band practice and i swear to god i said this out loud i go i'm gonna smoke weed every day and i did (laughs) so that was cool that was it and then that was my identity uh for a while (laughs) Uh, I just wore hoodies and smoked weed, and then I did this podcast today. So here I am, new Whoa. me. What, I, a, uh, what a journey to get here! Yeah, today. started DJing in college. That was terrible, and then I started doing comedy when I was twenty. The end. Nice. Yeah. Well, what about <laughs> what about eventually? Band? Someone, uh, what's a twelve-year-old doing in a punk band, and what do you play? I played the drums. So to audition for the power punks, it was pretty intense. I was already sitting at the second coolest lunch table. There was <laughs> on the lunch, the lunchscape we had, like literally, this is how dumb my high school was. I went up to a public school. Whoa. But, uh, it was pretty diverse. <laughs> like there was, you know, like obviously I'm white, but like there was not like, it was not like a majority. Eh, it's Connecticut, but like, yeah, it was making a majority of white people, but there was like equal representation of like a ton of shit. So, like, ultimately, though, the hierarchy of the cafeteria, of the old, all the way to the left corner, like, front left corner, that's where, like, the coolest hot preps in Hawaiian shirts and Abercrombie shit that. <laughs> and then all the way to the front right was where the coolest skater kids, like, puka shell, like, the, the balls... <laughs> And that was my friends in the pyropunks. I was like the table, like right next to that. So nice. like, I basically was like, I'm cool. And then uh, they needed a drummer, which I didn't know meant they bought guitars like three weeks ago. And I had never <laughs> played drums before, but I was like, I play drums and very confident. And they were like, show us. And this is at a lunch table. I'm 12. I just like did like a drum <laughs> thing on the table and they were just like, Oh yeah, you're in. <laughs> and then they auditioned me and my friend Chris. And for some reason I was better, which I wasn't. And then I was really, really bad for like years. And they would just tell me that I sucked and they would just be like, we should kick you out. Like you're a really bad drummer. Like you don't know how to play drums at all. And I'd be like, I know. I'm sorry about lying. <laughs> and I smashed my drum set like our second, uh, practice we all did it was fun we used to just smash things like we wanted to be in a band to smash things and light it on fire we were the pyropunks and then i bought a real drum set and then i took it serious i started taking lessons i actually went to college for music and music composition and shit uh, i play piano and me i like i i took music very seriously i got my life together somewhat uh also you know you start doing pot drugs alcohol and start getting into making music they kind of go hand in hand but it also taught me a lot about being a musician especially when i'm like 16 and doing these shitty punk venues and stuff which will transition later into my mid-20s when i'm a shitty comedian and i decided <laughs> to do the same types of venues but i don't have to lug around my fucking dumbass drum set anymore now i can just be like you guys ever go to the store and they're like, here's more money somehow. And I'm like, interesting, <laughs> very interesting. But now I'm a wedding DJ again. So full circle, but hell yeah. How'd you, you know? how'd you get into being a DJ? It's quite a difference. Originally or again? 
Uh, well, originally, how'd you get into it? Because it's quite a difference uh, from being a 12-year-old drummer to being like a, I think you said 19- or 20-year-old DJ. So, like, it kind of, like, it kind of, like, translated into, like, my comedy and everything. Like, I realize uh, people are not ever dependable in life, and you need to do everything yourself if you want to ever do it. Or if you want to do it the way you want to do it. So, like... You know, uh, my band in high school, it has like a Yoko Ono situation, basically, just to be a typical bro. The guitar player has a girlfriend. She hates all of us. We hate her. Uh, she bangs like every one of his friends, you know, <laughs> classic story of high school love. Either way, uh, you know, we all dissipate after that but like at the same time we were making sketches together me and my band used to make funny comedy sketches oh that's cool so i was like i, I still want to make these and stuff so i was doing sketches before i was doing stand-up but i was like well if i want to do and so okay so you have to take both those mentalities at the same time so with music it starts first i was like well, we're not really practicing anymore. We're not really doing anything anymore. What if I start a smaller band with just like all the other members, but minus the guitar player? Okay, <laughs> that's weird. What if I got stoned and made beats on Fruity Loops for eight hours on my friend's computer? Ooh, this is much more useful of my time. I can sell these beats to rappers for like 50 bucks and shit. So like, I know how to go to... I know how to make beats with all these programs because I learned about it in school and shit. And I'm interested and I can just dork out. And I know how to play the synth. So it's all it's all Gucci. So I just start making beats, basically. And I don't rap, but I was like, I can sell these to rappers. I do. I don't. I kind of just hoard it like my whatever. Um, and then with comedy, it was like, well, I want to make sketches. And then like literally what gets me into stand up is not only... I was DJing somewhere and my shit wasn't working. So I started dissing this dude and everyone's like, you're funny. You should do stand up." And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm awesome. Like I was very cocky. I sucked when I started too, for what it's worth, but I was like, I'll be great. And then I sucked. But also I was like, I want to do sketches alone, but I was like, I can't without people, but comedy and you can see it early on in my first like sets and shit, which I will never show anyone, but you can definitely find them. Uh, <laughs> like they're just me saying my sketch ideas as if they were things that happened to me. They're just wow. wacky ideas. Yeah. That's so fun. I was, that sounds smart. That does sound smart. I guess. I, was, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I was just super lonely and like, no. Well, also, no. I have very particular type of mania. Like, if this was the call and take, and I'd be like, I have a very particular set of skills. Mostly involved Wikipedia things at 3 a.m. that have nothing to do with anything. But I will start a project, and I will abandon it, and I will find you. And I will have <laughs> three episodes of it. That's like, that's my, uh, that's been my struggle for like so long is I start the thing and I stop and that I'm trying so hard to like follow it through. I had like six projects on my art desk that I didn't even finish. And I'm like, why, why do I just keep starting things and not finish? Starting things is so much but look at my art desk, just abandoned. I know this is audio <laughs> only, but just, a, I'm showing literally garbage on a desk my grandfather built with his bare hands that I have paint splattered. Oh, 
and oh, stuff, <laughs> but it's my workstation. But I'm the same way. My wife is the equal, like, Ham Clancy is not only the love of my life and my best friend, but she is the ultimate balance. And by that is I always needed someone to tell me if an idea is worth investing all my time into, because I unfortunately will go a thousand percent into literally the dumbest shit always you're talking to the guy that started a festival at a fucking bathroom I loved it. that's incredible though i loved it that was but so that's how i don't want to say petty because it's not the exact right word but that's the kind of like what i'm talking about i need someone to be like <laughs> like a classic conversation between me and ham clancy was like i was like how do I how do I tell this story quickly? I was concerned with the amount of bookings I've been having lately. And I was like, what's going on? Why is no one booking me? And she was like, do you think maybe it's because you invested a little too much time into that Dave Piss character you were doing for four months? And I'm like, well, you know, she's like, <laughs> you didn't even try and book a Brian Bargainer tour, but you did book a Dave Piss tour. And I'm like... Well, that's not fair. People showed me attention. <laughs> so, but like, she's, I don't know. There's always a balance in it. Cause sometimes like, she's not right either. Like I remember one time I was like, I'm going to make funny candles. And she's like, that sounds stupid. And then I sold a million of them. And then she was like, I'll admit when I'm wrong. But also I need that. Cause nine times out of 10, she is absolutely right. She's like, Brian, you don't fucking invest your time properly. Like you put the energy, like she's like, yeah, and that and that's what came with a lot of like you know, especially when I was going up like all the time or running a lot of shows or hosting a lot of shows. She was like, more or less, not saying I was mailing it in, but she's like, I'd love for you to like do a real set for these motherfuckers. But also, if I'm just doing open mics in Nebraska, there's no real point. Like they don't know anything, any real <laughs> jokes I do. I'm just fucking around. And, like, she was also, like, maybe you should not do that and stuff. That's the thing is, like, she's, like, maybe you should actually – I don't know. She she has ideas, and I have ideas. Well, I, you know, I started doing art. I was a big collage dude. I did painting. I she taught it. me how to paint way better. She is an amazing painter. Yeah. But I did not sell my shit until I got with her because – um, a, I didn't have confidence to do it, but also oh. my wall of my bedroom would just be like all of my, like a mural of just all my crazy shit. So I did like having that. It was bizarre. It probably looked like a serial killer to her too, but like, you know, <laughs> all that shit was fun and zesty, but she was like, gave me the confidence to. You know, a lot of people wanted me to write a book about the liquor store that I worked at, and I thought that was well and good, but she's the one that actually drove me to do it. But I still had to figure out how to publish a book, but then she was also like, you could sell your art. People will pay money for it. And I was like, I'm like, okay, it's better than me having to throw it out because <laughs> it got broken or whatever because I did it on a Papa John's box. She also taught me to maybe do it on canvas and not literal garbage, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many things to, to go back and kind of cover. Did you write a yeah, book? Yeah, sorry. No, I, I can just do an hour by myself, hence the mania. <laughs> did you uh, did you write a book about a liquor store? I did write a book about a liquor store. Sorry, I just kind of slipped that in and then forget to explain it. No, it was okay. fun. I did, yeah, I did an art show recently. This kind of 
this kind of helps it all balance out. I did an art show recently with Ham. Uh, we were selling our paintings at a local place. There is a big art community here in Lincoln, which I do appreciate. A lot of like local places feature artists. Yep. Like she's one at a brewery right now and I'm going to be there next month, but this was at a different brewery. Um, ironically, um, so either way, we're doing it. And I had all my paintings for sale. And those were like bringing people in to talk to me. But then I'd be like, you know, at the end of my little spiel, showing them my uh, insane shit, I would be like, also, I wrote a book. Uh, I'm a comedian. And I worked at a really shitty liquor store in Hartford for five years. And these are all like the exposés of just being a cashier there while I was also like leaving for a month and touring and people would just thumb through it. And I sold so many fucking books, but zero paintings. So I am very thankful for my book. I have sold a bajillion books. I never registered it by the way, but either way, it is a very fun uh thing that I like got to do, but that kind of kickstarted like a lot of shit for me in a lot of ways. It was, it was at the beginning of Ham and I's relationship too. So I had done like bigger projects before, but that was, I had never conceit like thought about writing a book, if that makes any sense. And it didn't, and to have it be well received and then to do book readings after that for years and people still buy my book and shit, which is crazy. And then people ask me all the time, like, are you going to write another book? And then that's a pressure I've never even felt before or thought about. Like, maybe, like, should I do you about what, you know? A liquor store? I don't drink anymore. I quit drinking, too. That was a big thing. Monumental life moment. But, yeah, the book was just helpful. I'm a big write, write, writing person. You know, we did the writing group for, like, three years. I think that's kind of how we had to have met, obviously. Virtual comedy in some degree whether it was one of our open mics but ultimately we got into the virtual realm of shit because ham and i a didn't know if we wanted to actually do zoom open mics because we didn't (laughs) think the world was going to end for that long but two we just wanted to do a writer's group we were like we just want to stay sharp and that's kind of always been our mo is like more of like a let's just write so when the world does open back up or just Take it even now. It's like I I I love writing. Writing's fun. Oh my god! Writing's always good. It's good to write with people or by yourself. I don't think I ever did the writers group because it was early. It was always early as fuck or at a weird time. Yeah, for you guys, I know. In the early days, it was at like four p.m. And then in the later days, it was at like ten a.m. or nine a.m. for you. It's like it's not worth it then. But if you're awake. And you want to get high and write jokes with a bunch of comedians from all over the world. And, you know, you don't have to get high, I guess. Yeah. I guess, but I will be. At least get high on life. Yeah. Get high yes. off writing. I mean, I mean, when you're on a roll writing creatively, that's a high in and of itself. Yeah, which is why mania so can be so intoxicating. Because you're like, I'm fucking crushing it. But you're just like squiggling <laughs> on paper. <laughs> Sometimes. You sometimes you need to just dump out a like I've noticed this a lot in comedy. It's like, and this was like in I'd say years three through now of like I'll write like a whole joke, and then it's good. I work on it. I grind it. It's not really getting the reaction I want, but it's decent. It's just like a subpar meh joke. But that joke ultimately is gonna make me write this other joke that has to do with this joke. And it's going to take me about a year and a half to realize I don't need this other joke to go before it. In fact, I'm proud of this joke, 
I'm not proud of the work I put into it for what I have to show for it, but it was what I needed. It's the, it's the work I needed to get to the answer of this math equation, which is this joke. And that's all I should say is the fucking answer. Cause this isn't math. I don't need to show my work, which is like <laughs> all I ever do in my writing sessions. It's not even a like, is this funny? Is this not funny? It's like, let's talk fucking word economy, bro. Like let's literally comedians have a really hard time. Uh, myself included, telling this story quickly, um, or getting to the point quick enough. I mean, it's a little harder with these open-ended interview sort of things, but yeah, more or less, they want to recycle way too much of the truth than, than just like share what's actually funny about it. It's like, uh, uh that's poetry then. You're a poem. <laughs> it's a poem. On time. <laughs> What uh what is your book called and is it only available like from you in person? Yeah, because I'm crazy. It's called the Liquor Store Chronicles. I actually have a copy of it. Let me grab it real quick. Hell yeah. I don't know. Oh wait, no, this is audio only. So just pretend yeah. I'm holding it up. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice book. No, I do have them somewhere, but <laughs> I have you know I've had different ways. We used to have. My wife and I had a pretty popular podcast for a while, the Meat Slap podcast, and that was available on the website for a while. But regardless, before the book and after the, or before the podcast and after the podcast, the best way to always get it is to just message me. It is that easy. I mail them to people. I've been mailing them to people. That's kind of what happened. The posts, I used to just post about this fucking hellhole that I worked at and online and people were always like write a book about it and that's all it is is a compilation of it so it already had like a cult following so then the book kind of adapted its own little like cult following and that's why i've always been a big diy guy because it's i'm a whether it's i'm a control freak i like the aesthetic of it and i just like doing everything as much as as much as i want to do everything to make sure I have complete control over the situation. It's also like, I like having the knowledge of being able to do everything in a situation. It's good to be self-reliant in sort of ways. So when I do get some sort of like dumb fucking idea of like, Hmm, what if I just go do a pop-up comedy show at the McDonald's down the street? You know, I'm like, (laughs) well, I know how to, you know, I have my field recorders ready. I got my fucking HD camera. I have a new SIM card in it. Uh, I know how to link that up to my hotspot and go, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm like Rambo, but with just fucking nerd gear <laughs> with a good condenser mic. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like rubbing war paint on my fucking face. Yeah. No, that is one thing that I, I admire about you and him is that you are very DIY in what you guys do. I mean, a lot of it has to do with like, yeah, like, with her, it's because she's so talented. She's just able to do literally whatever she puts her mind to. And that's impressive and intimidating and annoying and and beautiful all at the same time. Trust me. I watch her do it every day. Here's the great thing. We've been doing these collabs artistically lately. Oh, I've been drawing a lot of, like, just gross dudes. I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> just been drawing a lot of gross-looking dudes uh, and she's been painting them and those drawings don't take me that long but painting something takes me a very long time 
I think that's the only question that ever insults me as an artist is when, you know, I like to let people name their own prices. I'm sure maybe you can agree with this to some degree, uh, but people will ask me because they don't want to insult me. And I know they don't mean this in a bad way, but I take it in a bad way is they'll be like, how much time did this take you? You're like, and it's like, it, I'm not going to tell you that. But it, basically, I heard, you know, a good cliche meme answer lately, like my whole life. <laughs> so i'm just gonna you say that, that. i like that a lot yeah like uh the moment yeah there's some limerick about it but basically i was like yeah like i'm not gonna tell you if it was 15 minutes or five months but it's more yeah. more or less five months but put in perspective those sketches if if i can just draw it that doesn't take me that long but they take me longer than you'd think i'd say like Whatever. I, I'm not going to get into detail. It takes me a long time. I drew one on a canvas for him. She woke up an hour before me. An hour. That is it. An app fully painted and done. <laughs> and looked amazing. Better than I ever could have done it. Wow. And she's not, and she's like, it, she paints things as examples for her painting classes. And she doesn't even give a fuck about how gorgeous it is. She throws them out. I don't. I steal them back and then hoard them and then she gets mad at me, but then she's like, why do you have eight ballerina paintings? And then she'll be like, I fucked up on it. And I'll be like, how? And that's how she started collabing is like, if she breaks a canvas that she was painting on or she like doesn't like it, I just do something to it. And then we like, it's a collab. Cause I do a bunch of my own mixed media too and stuff. Absolutely. You're like, I'm going to dump paint on this and make it a colorful ballerina. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if I've gotten this point totally across yet, but I'm a very anxious person. And uh, so I found uh, creative things are great stress relievers. Yep. Playing music is great. Writing is great. Painting is great. It all depends on what kind of existential dread I'm having. Like if I'm having like one of those like physically defilipate, then I can't even say the word where I like literally can't breathe panic yeah. attacks, music. I have to play an instrument. If I'm having like... Uh, my future is having, uh, bad, <laughs> it's not like, oh, I owe too much on my taxes. Just, you know, hypothetically speaking, yeah, yeah, of course. um, painting, uh, maybe cause it'll make me money, but maybe subconsciously that's why I'm doing it, but I don't know. <laughs> it really seems to be like that. Uh, when I, uh, feel like, uh, every comedian around me is getting better opportunities and they're all worthless. Uh, that's when I get into the writing, you know, I'm like, let's show these fucking assholes. Yeah. And then, and then I just go do crowd work at an open mic, like, ha, who's fucking tonight? And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> And then Ham's like, maybe you should use your energy better. I'm like, I know I should have used all that petty shit I wrote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you get it. You know how the, the cycle is. It's great that you two, you know, do this together and also are artists and like both do comedy too. Like, I can't say that that is common, you know, especially when both people are funny and nice too. I think we can both say since we're both in good comedy couples that there are most comedy couples, one's funny and one's not. And you're like, I don't want to be friends with either one of them. because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, or like, I wish or, they'd break up other comedy couples. There's kind of, 
you know, I don't know, like, it's just these two people that are comedians and they're, they're together and it always feels kind of weird. There's too. always a stigma. Like, there's a stigma going, oh, we'll see if that lasts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like more. Oh, <laughs> we get that now and we're married. Right? <laughs> from oh, certain people that have known us, like, three months. And it's like, okay, incels, calm the fuck down. But either way, I dude, I totally get that shit because... First of all, as someone that's married to a comedian, I would, and I say this as many times as I can, I would recommend no one ever date or fuck a comedian ever, especially another comedian. No comedian should ever fuck another comedian. I know I really dipped my pen in the company ink, but you know what? When these fucking haters start getting paid for this, maybe they'll start making sounder decisions, but whatever. I don't give a fuck anymore, but the thing is... I didn't also make a move on my life for like a very long time. I was very nervous and was like very much about not <laughs> dating a comedian. I was just like, Fuck, I think this one's my soulmate and she's way too hot and out of my league. So I was like, what is the point even of trying? But then I was like, Oh my God, she likes me. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Aww. cute and you guys are awesome together i really like you guys oh, yeah, I appreciate love you likewise guys. i mean i uh, we i appreciate that i'm sure she would too and stuff it, it's it's nice but yeah there's i think there is a lot of stigmas too like especially yeah. like um she moved to Connecticut and I was like not a bigger person in Connecticut, but I'm sure a lot of people at first didn't think she was only getting, th- I mean, they definitely thought she was only getting things probably because she was with me, but then it didn't take long for everyone to figure out that she's way funnier than me too. So I was you like, Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> we moved here and everyone's like, no, we don't even like you, Brian. We're just book hand. Like that's the stigma now, but this has happened all the time. And I'm sure this might've happened to you guys at one point. Uh, these are the two things that happen out here a lot is and this happened this first one happened a bunch uh is they book one of us and just try and get both of us like yeah can i book you oh since you're here because we go to each other's shows like do you want to go up too so it's like you're not going to get this two for the price of one bullshit (laughs) but now we're in this smaller ass market where it's like i can't even do a show and then have ham be on another show we can't compete with each other there's not enough market (laughs) not enough enough comedians in a lineup today (laughs) right there's that wouldn't even be possible but um this is a fun one. This happens a good amount as uh, my wife doesn't have social media anymore. So people message me a lot uh, to book her, uh, which is super fun because uh, then they don't book me. But a lot of people <laughs> here have been booking yeah, her. Great. And that then people, people were like, oh, do you want to just do a spot? Like if you're going to be and I'm like, I'm a, you know, <laughs> been doing this way longer than you. Like I'd say like times 14 amount of years you've been doing it so i'm just gonna take that as like a you didn't mean it like that um <laughs> booked me on like my own thing like the following month but uh i got a really nice message from a good dumb fuck here lately that was um can, uh is your wife available and then it said the date and then it just said i need a female oh my god and i was like bro wow. crazy i really hope there's a comedy show that day i mean <laughs> I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of things differently ever since being married uh, to a, a woman in comedy. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I was never, and I started comedy when I was 20, and I can't stress this enough, never cool 
with when people did the the next comedian's lady oh, yeah. you know, oh, any cool. of that shit. I always thought that was so fucking stupid. So I also hate the phrase I need a female. It's like, how about <laughs> I would like a woman on this lineup or I would not like, I don't know, three white men in flannel on this show and the one black Nebraska comedian is taken. <laughs> Just kidding. There's like four. But either way, you get it. Yeah, no, totally. And it's like, you should have booked... More of my fucking homeroom in Connecticut. It should be because you want to book a more diverse show, you know? Yeah. I mean, with my hair, that makes it a diverse show, actually. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hey, tell us about Fest Stop. Fest Stop. Um, Okay. Let's do it. There is a, we have to go all the way back to the beginning. There is a comedy group, not any of ours, that is a big base for all the virtual comedy shows. And when the world opened back up uh, in the summer of 2020, and 2021 especially, I noticed a lot of comedians were doing festivals and I'm using hella air quotes right now for festivals. <laughs> and by festivals, I mean uh, Zoom open mics with 50 comedians on them or showcases at pizza places in New Jersey that otherwise would have been shows that got canceled. But now they're festivals that you have to pay money. And I am... And I'm saying this with a thousand percent confidence. I don't care what anyone else's opinion is. I have nothing against comedy festivals uh, and against comedy festivals that charge money. I have never, never submitted to a comedy festival that I had to pay money for in 14 years of comedy. I have done comedy festivals. There are some gap years, but I can say this. I have never paid money for it. So I was a little taken aback by what some people were calling festivals. So I facetiously said, I'm going to do a festival at a rest stop, and it is going to be called Fest Stop. (laughs) Some comedians from Kansas City were like, we're going. And people had already hit me up about it. And basically anyone who was liking the post, I was saying you were accepted to Fest Stop. It was a joke. Apparently I got booked on it because I thought it was a joke. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people did to like the day of they're like i didn't know it was a real thing but this is what gets it turning the kansas city comedians and up until them anyone who had inquired i pretended like it was real but they were like the way they were talking i knew they weren't kidding shout out jeff krakenberg and mo williams but i was like it made me break where i was like this is fake i'm just being an asshole and they're like we are doing a tour anyways around New England, Boston, shit like that. So it's like we would be in the area for that date. Wow. And like from this conversation and me being a psycho, I was like, let's do it. If you show up, I'll do a festival. So I picked this one like 10 minutes from where I live in Wilmington, Connecticut, oh, right dang. past exit 69. Let's go. And then I did it. And I don't remember how many comedians showed up, maybe like 30. But it was a good amount. And we did like an all day thing. And at the time we had like tents in our yard because we were doing paint events and comedy shows. So we did like an after show at our house too. But yeah, we just did a whole festival. No one stopped us. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I just set up a speaker at this rest stop. It was packed and we just did it with a bunch of comedians. It was basically just an open mic. So then anyways, the next year comes and I was like, I'm doing it again. 
And it was this time I live in Nebraska now. So it's like, fuck. And then there's like this one dinky one on fuck. I forget. I 80. Yeah. Right past exit 420. So I'm like, all right, it's like the same. Yeah. Like, exit 69 bullshit. exit 420. Those are the best. Places. Right. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, like this is it. And then this one way more comedians show up and, and Mo Williams and Jeff Krakenberg from the first year. So it's oh, like people wow. from the repetitive year. Well, I'm closer to them now. I'm only three hours away. They bring a bunch of me. There was a bunch of Nebraska comics. There was a bunch of Kansas City comics. There was a big click from Sioux Falls came out. Iowa comics showed up. A lot of comics. Again, no one stopped us. It was even crazier this year. It was very hot out though. Uh, I've already made the declaration that like given the pattern of East Coast middle, Next year would probably be West Coast. And then, you know, obviously we're going to have to do Tijuana or something. (laughs) Fucking four. But, yeah, I'm thinking West Coast. Fest Stop 3, baby. It's usually in uh, August. Hell yeah. So high heat. Yeah. Basically, it's all about putting your money where your mouth is, especially when you're talking shit to these motherfuckers, you know? like, And that was the thing. I was... And that's really what it was, is the fact that they were willing to do it. They were willing to, like do the bit basically because that's what it was the bit was that i'm doing a festival is that i obviously it's a troll joke sort of thing like that's the joke is i would have said that we did it or i was going to show up no matter what you know what i mean and whether it's just me ham clancy and danny fucking bazongas at a rest (laughs) stop sitting at a picnic table i'm gonna call it a festival so that's the bit but the fact that these people are gonna do the bit and like they get it so to speak. I'm very, as much as I don't really dig his shit and we share a birthday, ironically, I love like the Kaufman like style of like only two people in the whole world even get this joke. <laughs> and that's what makes it so fucking hilarious is like only me and the guy pulling this prank off know that that is so fucking funny for that exact reason. Everyone else is just like so behind the curtain on that one that that makes me laugh very very hard i love it that is awesome yeah like i posted a video recently of me talking to joe rogan but it's clearly fake and the amount of comments i got on it were people like upset (laughs) like visibly upset like writing paragraphs at me i'm like this clip is 30 seconds long. Like, how could... And it's fake. My arm disappears. Oh, the one where you pretend... The one where you pretend... How do you possibly... Right? How are you that upset? You pretend like you're on his podcast. Yeah, and I call him the best shitty comedian of all time. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible, though. How does it make you feel that, like, it started off as as a joke, as a troll thing, and it ended up being a really fun, awesome event twice? I mean, it, it is... It feels weird because I'm like so happy because I see people having so much fun at it and then people thank me and that always surprises me because I'm like, I literally didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, It's like it doesn't exist without them. I would do it no matter what, but them showing up is what is... And ironically, ironically, this whole fest stop is like a DIY festival. I mean, that's kind of, again, what I've always been about. Like, I, you know, now with the making my new shows, I was like, I'll just put it out on my own channel, even though I have an active Roku channel and, you know, we're TV channel, internet, all we're on TV in a bunch of states, but public access and chill. 
you know, it's still doing well. We're get we got a few million views, I guess, last year on a Roku channel. I didn't even check it, which is funny. But I've just kind of been making, but I'm too far away from those guys now. They're in Massachusetts and Connecticut. So it's been tough. We've been trying to, you know, figure it out with us moving to Nebraska. You know, don't ever fucking move to Nebraska for your midlife crisis. All right. Get a fucking motorcycle. Do something different. (laughs) But don't just think like it's the only cheap place in the universe. You can live cheap places and also have reproductive rights. But either way, (laughs) can (laughs) we're leaving soon. So <laughs> we're, you, we're already uh, getting high and just looking at Zillow all night. So, wow! Is, but, uh, is, is uh, public access and chill? Is, so it's still happening in Nebraska. We still do stuff with it, but uh, all the people that are involved with it are working on my new channel, and they are in the my best friend and the oh, guy okay. that I ran it with, uh, Zach. That? He has his own thing too, and we've kind of just been doing a separate but equal thing. <laughs> terrible phrasing. We've been doing. Um, our own endeavors, but also we help each other. So it's like the, still the same dynamic. Like he's the only person that knows how to edit my insanity and (laughs) professional. So the fact that I have that benefit of him as my best friend is crazy. And I have to take advantage of that situation constantly uh, or else I'd be a bad friend, you know, (laughs) but it's true. I'm very lucky in that way. By the way, like I'm very lucky that my best friend Ham Clancy will, on the other side of it, will share my all my other creative passions too, and she's a big part of public access and chill too. But in the past month or so, yeah, I've just been kind of doing more of my own, whatever the fuck I'm even calling it now. I have a new channel; it's called Fart Damage, and that's yeah. as DIY as it gets because I'm just filming live podcasts that I'm doing with some of the friends I've made here in Lincoln, and uh, we have a live show. And then some stuff that I've been doing with Kirk Broussard and our improv stuff, which wouldn't exist if it wasn't for y'all's afternoon delight, Mike. I love it. If I didn't have that scapegoat of uh, finding my true love for virtual improv. <laughs> virtual improv. But it was well, I, dead ass. With, uh, um, Athena, I don't. You don't still do that, Mike? Do you? I don't. Not. not okay. Well, I'll it was a great mic. I'm not saying time. you need to bring it back, but <laughs> it would really brighten my day. Either way, uh, it was like Monday at two, three p.m. Eastern time because I still lived in Connecticut at the time, and it was just like a perfect for whatever my work schedule, whatever the fuck I was doing in life. It was just the perfect time to just like get stoned and do an open mic for like an hour, and then like go back to like you know existing and <laughs> on the plane, and then um. Yeah, especially when I, I had an office job or was just at home. Mondays is perfect. So it was like, and then there was these, I don't remember their names, but two dudes would do improv on yeah. the mic. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember, but they were funny. But like Kirk and I were just messaging each other one day, like, do you want to do it? And like, you know, Kirk, he's just hitting a bong the whole mic. <laughs> like, he, I didn't really know him, but I was like, this will be good i feel like and we did improv like once together and shit we didn't even hadn't even met didn't for like a year until recently and uh yeah it was just funny oh my gosh we've bombed plenty since then but that time (laughs) i was like i could do that again i love it and that was it that's all it took and now we have a dumb facebook page at least and a show (laughs) on fart damage the second shitty improv oh you have a show on fart damage that's cool so can can i find that on my roku tv 
Far Damage is not on Roku yet, okay, but okay. Public Access and Chill is still on Roku. You can download the app. It's totally free. There's so many funny fucking things on there. Again, we aren't because that has been the the hard decision with it because it's like okay for a year it's pretty much been stagnant public action show we haven't made new content we haven't we keep renewing you know the roku stuff you know paying the subscription or whatever the fuck it is to do the bills basically and then you know but we're not there's been talks in the past year of like should we just not do that should we just take it down should we just let it fall like you know and just like but also it's like a we can do both we can or neither so to speak we can just keep it up and keep it where it is and show respect to it but we don't have to add to it yeah that's true like there's no pressure to like we're putting that pressure on ourselves and it's just the reality of the situation it's like we we've had we did like the last new concept we were really pushing was like stuff during 2020 2021 maybe so you have that whole, I mean, that's when I moved. So you have that whole, and a lot of us were doing our own things, whether people were moved. Zach was actually the first one to move. He moved from uh, Connecticut to Massachusetts. And then Jimmy Blair, who is the other four, he, the four, there's four of us for public acts and chill. He's the fourth one. He doesn't take comedy seriously. Um so that those lazy bones, he uh, you know got a nose ring and fucking went anarchist or whatever. No, yeah, he, yeah. he, he had a more important shit to do than fucking film a game show called Butt Stuff with Jimmy Blair, which is. <laughs> but again, I it, he wrote the foreword to my book. He worked at the liquor store with me. Jimmy's also one of my best friends. Oh, uh, I interviewed him recently on Fart Damage because that's a big thing I've been doing on the channel. Is just talking to my friends that I used to make sketches with or a lot of my friends that don't do comedy anymore are now somehow fucking famous. But when we were doing shit in, you know, fucking dumb (laughs) couch venues, uh, we weren't, we weren't, but now they are. And now I need to ride those coattails all the way to the tippy top. (laughs) Hell yeah. Or get spots opening for them somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Can I do a book reading? (laughs) Hey, uh, yeah, talk about your Patreon. I know you have a lot of stuff going on with your new podcast stuff. So that's all it is. That's that's what it's been the big transition is like. So more or less like to go old school format to the new format. Public Access and Chill is the name of the channel. And then we have multiple shows across that channel. Originally, it was the name of the show. I only had one show in the beginning, but we got oh, so wow. popular and we had enough production where we were able to make multiple shows became the name of the network. So with that being said, when Fart Damage dropped, a lot of people were like, is this a new show on Public Access and Chill? And I was like, no, this is a new Public Access and Chill. Because me being the crazy I am, I'm not just going to drop one new show. I'm going to drop five new shows all at once. (laughs) Because I literally have nothing going on here, and I'm creatively like stifled and bored as fuck, and I want to blow my brains out every day. But either way, sorry, I can't say that. My neighbors (laughs) might hear me. Either way, (laughs) I can... I had a lot of outlets that I just needed to work out. I had an idea for this is comedy now. So that became a show. I, me and Kirk were doing these things, but I was like, maybe we could try a little bit of a different format. Ham and I had an idea for something. So there's a lot of ideas. So I was like, fine, let's put it all in one umbrella. It took me like a month of just working it out, shooting things, then a month of just editing it, then a month of just releasing it. And now I've got it steady to where it's all good. I'm getting subscribers and hopefully I can keep getting more. But basically, yeah, it's a YouTube channel. You go to youtube.com slash at fart damage 69 super easy that's all the free stuff that's on the patreon uh 
episodes. Like I think I have 20 eight full episodes like of shit already out you know you have murder mystery show with me and him where we play clue uh kirk and i's improv show this is comedy now the live this is comedy now you can download the but if you subscribe to the patreon which the tiers are pretty significantly low i mean you can download the first day piss special which i know i think you guys bought and uh, there's a lot of uh, comedy professors which is a thing kirk and i do where we talk shit about comedians and comedy but we have to put it behind a paywall because you can't just have that shit out there willy-nilly and uh you know the live shows are so people that can't come see this is comedy now they're able to still come watch them so you can subscribe to all that you get a one of my albums and a lot of like the first tier is a dollar sixty nine, and you get a lot of shit unlocked on that. The second one and the most common one people seem to be subscribing to is uh the five dollar one. That's like all access basically. There's a twenty dollar one. I don't expect anyone to do that, but I will do some crazy shit for you uh for twenty dollars if you read that description. Uh Brian Dowd, he's uh, one of the co-hosts of This Is Comedy Now. I'm going to put it on the Patreon, so this is actually where I'm announcing it. This is the official Ooh. announcement, so you guys are lucky. We are adding a $5,000 tier, so if you give <laughs> us $60,000, Ryan has agreed, and this I have a written contract, he will die of a horse fucking him in the ass for $60,000. Oh. He's willing to let me and Kyle have it. Oh my gosh. The Mr. Hands here coming soon. If you are willing to give us 60 grand, Ryan will die. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I think that's honestly commendable. I don't think I'm yeah. that committed to comedy. I, I can respect that. If I had $60,000, I might, I might take him up on that. Just f- for $5,000 a month, you two can kill Ryan the funniest way possible. <laughs> oh my goodness. I will film it and send it to you. You'll have the only copy of it. These are uh, things that will be in the tier. He, I mean, he, Sorry, we agreed to it on a podcast episode that hasn't come out yet. We uh we are fascinated with Larry the Cable Guy. He is in Lincoln. He is what I consider a local Lincoln comedian, so I oh, talk wow. shit about him. Like he's a Lincoln comic and it's fun, but he has a bloody Larry mix, like a bloody Mary mix. Uh we're trying to get sponsored by them. They are not <laughs> being the most uh uh <laughs> I don't know. They're not down, I don't think. But basically, we got a bottle of it, and then we drank some... They drank a bunch of vodka, kinky vodka, and some Bloody Larry mix, and I got a little too stoned, and uh, we yeah, we decided to do the $5,000 tier. Wow. That's awesome. I figured I couldn't rob you guys of that. (laughs) That Yeah, no, that's a sweet... But but for real... Five dollars a month, which at the for the actual legend package, the five dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. That's I I sell paintings for a lot more than that. I don't think I'm asking for a lot, and I get and I know that like I'm not expecting everyone to give me five dollars either. I'm thankful for literally anyone who does from the bottom of my heart. Anyone that's even interested in my shit, if you even subscribe to my YouTube channel, I will seriously like probably jerk off to the notion of that. But I mean, as a sincere compliment, I am that needy as a person. But um, I think you really do get a lot for just your five dollars worth. What's already in the archive, like you get full access to like so much good and like shit that I'm lucky enough to even have been a part of or like get to put on the channel. So I'm like happy for that. 
but like just free shit in general, it's like insane. So I don't know. It helps a lot. And, uh, everyone that has subscribed already, I'm really thankful. And it's only been a month. So I'm not expecting like miracle numbers, but yeah, YouTube, Patreon, and Spotify. Those have been the main. Well, I, uh, uh, I have good news for you because I have three YouTube accounts and I'll, uh, I'll go. Let's go. Are you excited? And I'll subscribe on those later on today. Fuck yeah. Well, please do. Fart damage 69 at fart damage 69 or whatever the fuck. You'll see it. And I, and for what it's worth, I listen to your wrestling podcast sometimes. I'm a big wrestling fan. I listen to it. I bake along. I fucking do it. I'm glad. That's such a fun, that's such a fun podcast. We're like, who listens to this? Yeah. Who listens to this? I don't know. That's yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I trust me when I'm recording my shit, I'm like, who listens to it? And then I'm yeah. like, oh, I never even put that episode out and I'm plugging it already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, like the $5,000 tier thing. That episode will be out in like three months. Uh, that's cool. This will be out. In a month, we'll already be sponsored so by them. By the time this comes out, it'll be anticipation for that one. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess. How, I, how long does it come out the, so month, I can plug about, things? About a month. About four weeks. Oh, okay. Guys, I will be uh at Chocolate Sunday in twenty twenty seven. No, I don't know. <laughs> Seeing a lot of those. Yeah. Uh no, that's fucking rad. Hell yeah, I can't wait. Hell and yeah. I would love uh, do you have guests on the wrestling podcast? This is how you get on more podcast people. We Ask live to. on their we other podcast. We haven't yet, but we're okay. uh, kicking the idea around. Oh, well, you know what we, I know. we have? We actually have had a couple guests, but they've come. They've come but to our house. But they were here. They've come to our house. Oh, all right. Well, I'm on my way. I might have to walk because one of my headlights uh, is out. The West Coast but... Best Stop. We'll have to do it. Oh, dear. yeah. Oh, that'd be fucking. We did a wrestling podcast actually at the first. Uh, I for what it, me and my friend Jake Bentley like for a joke. We were like, we're gonna start one <laughs> just <laughs> for fest, and we did it. Just it was at the after party, like sh- the house show part because. Dave Sheehan, who I think you know, and another yeah, couple yeah. of comedians, they showed up to Fest Stop late. Typical comics literally missed the whole fucking festival. So we <laughs> were like, we're going to do a show back at our house anyway. So just come home and like we at Vibe Yard, that's what we used to call it. So then they opened the show at Vibe Yard and shit. But yeah, then we did that. We did the wrestling podcast for no that's reason. Dope. It was literally like 10 minutes into it. I'm like, so Jake, who's your favorite wrestler? And then I'm just like, I have to pee. Like, just stand, get up, and just leave. Like, that's we just great. basically we talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin for 15 minutes and then gave up. That's it. That's yeah. I mean, who better to talk about? I did I not mean, know you were really do anything more than five episodes. We've already talked about that. So the fact that you guys keep doing it and now you know you got a fan and he's right here. Hell yeah, Brian <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know you're a wrestling fan. That's awesome. We'll have to talk about wrestling sometime. I stopped watching it after the corporation timeline. Okay. But that's where, but I, at least I'm dead honest about it. up until then, I'm plethora of knowledge. Uh, one of our public acts in a chill show, Charlene Cuisine, that's Ham's, uh, redneck cooking show that was like very, very popular. Uh, there is a lot of wrestling jokes on it. Oh. Author of a hundred percent of them. Well, on the show, she's very American, but she has a naughty secret crush on Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, so I had to give her like so much Brett Hart lore, like literally, like just to explain, <laughs> like one. She makes fun of me. Like if you ever ask a Ham Clancy about me explaining Brett Hart to her, she just she'll instantly be like, "Well, what you need to know is Owen Hart died. Well, he was the Blue Blazer, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they can't even tell a fucking story." Is, is Brett your favorite? Of the Heart Foundation? No, it's more of a Brian Pillman fan. Okay, I've been of all time, actually. 
Oh, no, I hate Bret Hart. I love Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Bret Hart's my favorite of all time. I'm a I'm a heartbreak kid. I'm just a sexy boy. Oh, okay. I see. I'm not yeah, a boy toy. Either, either Bret or Sean. Yeah. You know, there's a line there. You can't cross. Yeah, it. dude. I mean, you, I mean, you have to remember, the Generation X was like when I was nine. Wow. <laughs> Telling people to suck it when I was nine. Right. I didn't even know that meant suck my dick. I thought it was just funny. <laughs> I got in trouble. I was playing one of the WWF because that's how old it was back then. Games on like PlayStation, and I went, "Yeah, suck it!" And I got yelled at in front of my whole family. Like my dad's, like, "You know that means suck my dick, right?" And I was like, "What does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? I'm nine. What's a dick? Is that my pee pee? Like, I don't even. Are we talking? Do we know that word when we're nine? I feel like single digits, you don't know what dick or pussy means yet. Oh <laughs> I feel like that's a double digi thing. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we cannot let you get out of here without talking about Dave Piss. Yeah, man. Dave Piss is incredible. Dave, I mean, thank you. Uh, Dave Piss has kind of been like my... Sorry, I was just making sure my wife hadn't texted me. You reminded me. But I also have my phone on silent, so that's not good either. Good? Uh, <laughs> I... um. I explain it so Larry the Cable guy's like big here so character comedy is obviously huge here my friend Eric Pumpkins was visiting me from Connecticut and we were sitting around and I have been I had been particularly obsessing with my hatred for uh Sebastian Maniscalco and uh I just don't get it I don't get I would ask people at shows like who's your favorite comedian like boomers would always be like sebastian maniscalco they don't even know his last name they'd be like that's sebastian guy actually i had to learn his last name just for this story and um (laughs) i don't know his last name i I have personal beef with dice the dice man andrew dice clay we'll have to do another podcast about that i can't get into that right now (laughs) probably and um i so i have an infatuation with his ridiculousness too so either way i've had i we're Pumpkins and I are watching Sebastian. I like to watch bad comedy. I uh, I think bad comedy is very important for comedy. I spoke at a college about this very recently and that how important bad comedy is. Because if you want to do comedy, and if anyone listening to this is a comedian, let's face it, you're going to see a lot more bad comedy than you are good comedy. So you might as well learn from it. Learn what you don't like about it and shit. That's the silver lining in it. But... Till then, you know, have fun being a bad comedian, uh, you know, but fuck. So either way, I'm watching him. We basically assess Sebastian Maniscalco is just Italian lunge comedy. And where I figure out the code is he just does a hand gesture for everything. It doesn't matter if it lines up. It just has to be a gesture that does something. So we're like doing an impression of him and like dice all day. And I have... The way public access and chill has always kind of worked is like, I'll think of like dumb characters, but also think of like dumb names. So eventually the name and then the character kind of me. So basically I've had the name Dave Piss for a hot sec. So then the Italian dumb voice, I go, oh, that'd be a funny if that was him. So then I had a Thursday show. Pumpkins is on that show while he's visiting. So I decide I'm going to do dave piss and i i hesitate and he this is he said it so perfectly he started filming it 
He goes, I didn't start filming it until I realized it was going well. And that's exactly what it was. It was just me kind of doing this facetious, like over the top, like even harder Sebastian Maniscalco like thing. (laughs) And it destroyed, like destroy, like people were like, that was like another level. And I hated that. I was, I've always said like Larry, the cable guy is like my biggest fear of like a character getting bigger than me. So then my paradox, of course, that is why Dave Piz works, because it's my ultimate paradox. But of course, <laughs> it's the only attention and bookings I'm getting in Nebraska. So I, of course, fuel it because I am unhealthy in my head. <laughs> so then I do it again and it destroys. And my friend, John Gamble, who is an amazing uh rapper, person, lover, everything uh i'm lucky enough he made the dave piss song just because of the first set because in nebraska i'd kind of just been screaming about o street but it had no place but the o street baby is where that came from and he just made a song so then like the third time i went up as dave piss i played that dave piss song that like now is like exclusively what the character is and that i can't even describe to you the way the crowd reacted to that they were like it's like when you, I know this sounds so fucking like pretentious even saying this, but it sounds like when you look back on like biopics and like when people see like Kinnison for the first time, they're like, we didn't even know how to react to something like that. <laughs> it was like, they were just in awe. And I got an encore, which wow. was like crazy. Okay. It was so annoying. So then at the time, <laughs> the venue uh offered me an hour show as day piss right there on the spot so i took it and then you know there's a photographer that's also a comedian so i was like would you film it so then this only keeps fueling itself so as long as the bit keeps going is is i'll do the character but then basically the bit dies in kansas because that's after the special gets filmed and i sold a good amount of copies of it and again still for download uh, if you subscribe to the $5 tier, uh, you can still buy it from me, uh, for $10 straight up, but it is what it is. He also filmed a second special eventually that is free. Uh, it's just available on the internet if you want it. Just again, like my book, you can get it with my book if you message me. But, uh, yeah, Kansas just didn't get it. And that was the first time Dave Piss was ever poorly received. But that was like when I had to just like do the worm for like eight people. And then really like just grind as a character to just Hicks that didn't get it. And I was like, I don't know. But then at the same time, I know this is a long story. I'm very sorry to prove <laughs> that, that I was great. just more than Dave Piss. Cause I can't just have a character be well received. I can't take a compliment. I then in turn create a, another character called Steve Keith from the HR department of comedy. And that somehow becomes even more popular than Dave Piss. Wow. And I'm like wow. annoyed by it. But then I, and then Steve Keith just recently got booked on a show. <laughs> That's how popular that character still is. But yeah, the Dave Steve Piss Keith. Could, That's crazy. Holy Steve shit. Keith. Yeah. He's from the human resources department of big comedy. Uh, he basically wants to make sure there's no violations at open mics. He's done a few sets here and there. Uh, the first one was about, you know, one of my big causes, comedians not fucking other comedians and uh, sharing their vape pens with each other. Uh, the second one was about marijuana is illegal and it's ruining comedy. And then recently he just did a State of the Union where he said jokes are actually what's hurting comedy. And we need to stop writing jokes. We want comedy to do well again. 
Because that's what's offending everyone is the jokes part. So what if we just didn't do that and we just did branded content? I think that's a very, you know, HR decision. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I kind of just, I've, 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 like, to bring this kind of full circle, I've always been a big sketch comedy guy. I love making silly characters, whether I'm just being a dumb fuck by myself or, uh filming it by myself so dave piss was kind of like a compilation of like a lot of those things uh personified and like just you know being passive aggressive because again there's not a lot of opportunity so they kind of just become redundant out here so it's like i might as well just go up there and just do this dumb fucking character then just go up there and trudge it for the same seven people doing the same hosting bullshit and then people were like wow that was nuts actually uh you know and that was cool in and of itself but i think that ride has gone all the way i think day piss kind of ran its course uh the second special is not as well received as the set as the first the first one i'm proud of i think it's funny i think everyone that's bought it is funny uh the second one is also very funny but differently like the crowd there not into it the bar is also going out of business it is the last day this bar is ever opened and it's very funny if you want to watch a bar literally watch them you're just so pissed that that's their last night open right dave piss our last show ever dave piss last day open dave piss headlining way too long of a lineup yeah that that first special is just incredible the second one like you said is funny too but the first one is just incredible i love thank you i think it, it really came from like how amped people were still about it, the songs, the bits. And again, it was all like a shot at poking fun at certain style, bad, uncreative comedy. So I'm glad that it's run its course because also there was like jokes where like I was saying things, but obviously I myself don't think that, but I was finding people laughing at it in a way I didn't like. Like Dave Piss has this long going to a club joke that's like a techno song, but at the end of it, it's like a whole no one wants to work joke where obviously I'm like shooting at people that say dumb shit like that, (laughs) you know, but people would be like, (laughs) right? You know, I'd be like, and that's when I was like, really like, you know what? Fuck Kansas, actually. (laughs) It's fun though, because like your first special, it's such like like a comedy special parody. Like there's a part where uh, it shows a couple in the crowd, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then the camera <laughs> focuses on them leaving. You know, yeah, I focus on the people. Yeah, it was a creative choice. To, it's so the, funny. The, I love the you. whole thing. I love it because so the know, table yeah. walking is very good. The yeah. people, like the twelve people, being like way over the sounding yes. like a thousand people. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the guy walking into it just playing air guitar to Bonnie Tyler, like yeah, the the flies, I love like you that. literally yeah. can't all of, it. all of it, the whole package. It's yeah, very it's funny. Room, I, 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 I've had people, real comedians with real specials, not only buy it but tell me that it's funny. I have things that I myself have done that I am proud of, but that particular project, the day piss. The first special, I'm glad. No one, that's the other thing too, with Festop and anything, no one thought I was actually going to do it. No one thought I would actually go up and do an hour of Dave Piss. I didn't think I was going to do it. I was having a hard time doing 10 minutes on showcases, running out of cardio. Like, you know what I mean? I was just 
like I'm gonna do it because that is gonna make the joke really, really funny. Hell yeah. Hell Life's yeah. like a big joke, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like poking the bear. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, Brian, uh barbecue, aka Brian um bargainer i almost forgot your real name okay. i know you're okay. i go by all of it as long as you can say one of them right years i got your first name right though hell yeah <laughs> uh thank you so much for joining us really <laughs> you did talking to you man it was so fun i had too much fun i didn't realize how much time had already gone by and thank god we did this an hour earlier and definitely let me go on your wrestling podcast i didn't oh, absolutely you want to uh plug some social media Honestly, I just want to plug Fart Damage. So YouTube at Fart Damage 69. Uh, you could find the Patreon. I don't know what the link is. It's some crazy bunch of jumbled URL shit, but you could find it. Spotify also. Uh, it's the name of the channel that also has all my shows on it, which my shows are This is Comedy Now, Second Shitty Improv Show, uh, Piss Party. And uh Murder Mystery Mondays, which might become a new thing Ham and I are doing. Uh but the Meat Slap podcast is never coming back. Oh dang. Yeah, a lot of people I definitely want to have you guys on Fart Damage though, because I've been doing those interviews and those have been very fun. They they look fun. Yeah, they definitely look fun. But I want to book you separately because you're two separate comedians and you deserve your own thing, right? That's That's how it works. Bookers. Yeah, that's how we feel about you and Ham. Definitely, we want to get her. Sure, exactly. And thank you. I really appreciate that. That's you did it. Fuck yeah! yeah. Uh, You can find me on social media at Funky Sam Medina, and I'm at She Shines for You on Instagram and Athena Rodriguez Comedy on Facebook. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Woo! Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. It's been fun. Thank you. This was rad.